Welcome to the Street Cop Podcast. Scott Kivett was here earlier today, so I just said, uh, hey, let's just do a podcast since uh, we were talking about things that sounded really cool for people to share. So welcome to episode who knows whatever, because we have three ones that are already shot of the Street Cop Podcast. My guest, Sergeant Scott Kivett. Can't say where he's from, because I don't know what the policy is, <laughs> and I didn't ask him before we started. So, Scott, welcome. Scott is a tentative Street Cop training instructor, been a big supporter of what we've been doing for years. And I have no idea we're going to cover today, but it's going to be something interesting. I can tell you that because our conversation got dynamic. Uh, just so you're aware, Scott is um, ungodly unfunny, but really makes a lot of attempts. So we're going to see how good that goes for this time. <laughs> so, hi, Scott. Hi, Dan. How are we doing? What are we talking about today? Anything, man. I, uh, I'm, 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 I got to be honest with you. Whatever's going on in the world today, I get it. It's stressful. Make the job fun. I go to work every day. I'm having a freaking blast. For anybody that's not getting grabs out there, they are out there. Um, you know, it seems like maybe they got complacent people and they weren't getting locked up and get out there, get fired up, have a blast. All the techniques, it's working. Um, you know, that's what I like to talk about. You know, our guys, where I'm at, we're getting fired up. There's drug arrests every day, so there's no reason why anybody else can't. Have fun with the job. Yeah, and I think that some people, the rebuttal to this would be, well, you don't work for my administration. And that's a, that's a, we are very conscious of the facts and the struggles that people are dealing with. We're, we're very aware of, especially for those in the larger big city areas, which are being ruled by basically, without putting a label on it, of liberal, democratic, absolutely insane people. Insane people are in charge in these large cities. I'm not going to go to a political conversation because the idea here is we're going to try to deliver as much value as possible. So, um, Scott, don't forget that this is a platform where it's public, and anything you say, you know, it is not private like our Facebook group. Right. On So it's Facebook, Facebook.com, Street Cop Training. Uh, look us up. You have to be a cop to join that group. We have the private Instagram, LEO. It's LEO. It's Street Cop LEO. It's got a red banner, red background. The public one has a blue one. Um, and we're not hiding anything. We just want to speak comfortably because... People who don't know what they're talking about show up and they begin to uh, disrupt what we're trying to do, which is progression and growth of law enforcement. You wanted answers. You want solutions to the problems that's plaguing you. Well, guess who's delivering it? Yes, this company. And we don't need you to uh, come in here and hoot and holler towards us. We're working on it. We are helping the problem. I promise you that you are going to be satisfied with the results, maybe even overjoyed from the results this company is providing. So, Pick your topic, dude. What do you want to talk about? People are freaking out. Marijuana is going to be legal. And it very well be. You know, I don't make the laws. It could be t tomorrow. It most likely is going to be seven plus months from now. But what you need to look at is what should be in front of your eyes. You know, we talk about reports, you know, reasonable suspicion, probable cause. Ultimately, what you need to do is formulate your opinion on what you have. If it's not there, it's not there, but I'm going to tell you it's out there. You know, especially with the heroin. Start looking at some of this associated paraphernalia. The associated paraphernalia, you're so dependent on the odor of marijuana. Look what's in your eyes. Look for those bottle caps. Look for the smaller bands. Yeah, smaller bands. You can have braces. Your kids could have braces. Bottle caps. I have 500 freaking water bottles. I don't throw them out of my car, and there could be bottle caps. But look what's in plain view. What do you notice? And I'm a big heroin guy. You know, if, if you know anything about heroin, you, you know about the, the cotton used as a filtration device thrown in the bottle cap. The heroin goes in the bottle cap. 
Then you pour a little water in there. And they re retain the, the, the heroin. They get it out. They shoot it up. And they, what do they do with that bottle cap? It's always in plain freaking view. Throw it on the ground. But what you notice about that is maybe some residue in plain view, but you'll notice a little piece of cotton that's always stuck to that bottle cap. Now, do you formulate in your opinion, in your head, that that's probable cause or reasonable suspicion? It's ultimately up to your training experience, but it's also about your report writing. It's also about everything, the totality. You know, but these are the things that's out there. These are, I don't, Corey, come here. I don't need him. He's great. I love him. You need, you need here and here. And, and that's what's out there, guys, especially with this heroin. So don't get dis don't discouraged about this marijuana. I mean, marijuana is the, it's great PC, you know, and you're still going to use it. But start using your eyes. You, you know, open up your eyes for this other stuff. It's in plain view, guys. If you're not seeing it, you're not looking at it. You're not looking for it. Okay, let me go. Uh, I want to back up a little bit and go into this medical marijuana conversation. Uh, it's it's funny because many years ago when I started this company, uh, probably in the ballpark of over eight years now. That was a conversation I had with people. I, I reminded folks that everybody who's relying on the odor of marijuana to determine whether or not they're going to search a car, you're a one-trick pony. Uh, there are other ways, legal ways, to go about finding crime. And the odor of marijuana, if you're letting that be the time where you're deciding that you're going to take some kind of lawful legal action, you're making big mistakes. And by the way, eventually it will be illegal. And for the people who are listening to this podcast and states that it's still illegal. It is coming your way. Mark my words. It will not be something that is illegal by the time you finish your career, unless you got three years left. Mm -hmm. Even in most conservative states, we are seeing marijuana pop up. So don't be shocked when you see it and just know how you got to work with it. And people say, well, what do we do now? Just because marijuana gets legalized, which I have absolutely no problem with, um, you know, you don't, you don't mind medical marijuana? Well, I don't know. You get a boo-boo on your finger, you go to your doctor, and they're writing your prescription for oxycodone, mm -hmm. and then you're hooked for life, and you're servicing strangers in an alley trying to support your heroin habit. I've seen cops get heroin habits and get fired and have to go to rehab yeah. because they had an injury, even on duty or off duty, and get prescribed prescription medication and get hooked to it, and they cut them off, and they're dependent on the drug. It's crazy. It's nuts. So, yes, while you have legalized heroin right now, I think it's a much better idea that if you can cope with it and use utilize THC or marijuana, I'm not an expert in it, but certainly I think the repercussions of that are far less great than those using uh, oxycodone for pain management. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I got injured, uh, the first thing I want to start doing is prescribe me oxycodone, right? I, we're going to give you oxycodone. Listen, I, I don't want it. I don't need it. It's not that bad. I'll deal with it. I'd rather deal with that than have to deal with having an addiction. Good for the love of God. Who knows what would come from that? But let me just remind everybody, just because marijuana became legal doesn't mean that, like, you know, child sex trafficking, uh, credit card fraud, identity theft, stolen cars, heroin, cocaine, LSD, methamphetamines, all these things are still going to be out there. And for the guys and girls who are out there knowing where to find and how to find this stuff without detecting the odor of marijuana, well, you better look to the left and right and see what those people are doing because they're going to be the ones that's going to lead you to how to perform this profession in a legal way and how to know when you believe somebody to be in the presence of criminal activity or committing some kind of criminal offense. Don't forget, we'll catch people before, during, and after the commission of a criminal offense, and you have to know that stuff. So that's, that's an important thing with this marijuana. People start getting panicky. I mean, you really are becoming, uh, when you act like that, you're just a sheep like everybody else. Mm -hmm. That is not the knee-jerk reaction we need for you to have that all law enforcement is over. 
I'll even go a stretch further. This Oregon decriminalization of drugs, right? Okay. Yeah. Right. I get it. The one thing I, I'm going to guess about this is they're probably not going to have a backup plan, right? So if we're decriminalizing this and it's with the intention of, which I'm guessing, I haven't done enough research, of uh, providing treatment to people who are addicted, like, I'm, I'm for that, right? Like, I'm for the idea of fixing people who need help. I'm, I'm with that. But it's not going to be that. It's just going to end up being a free-for-all. That's what it's going to end up being. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but let's not forget people from Oregon. Right there's also still a lot more going on than just user quantities of illicit narcotics. There are quantities in the thousands of pounds coming through your roadways every single day. There are people still trying to rape your children. There are people with warrants for their arrest. So don't get too dismayed about what your position as a law enforcement officer. Yes, it's disheartening, but it doesn't mean the job's over, especially if you're sticking around. Because you're sticking around, you've said, I'm going to do it, I'm going to take care of it. I don't care what they do to me or what they've done to this law. So what? You lost a few tricks. If you're sticking around, you still got a job to do, right? You're still going to have to show up to the active shooter, right? You're, you're still going to have to be showing up to the domestic violence and the kid who's lost and, and the rollover with somebody who's entrapped in the car and you're the only person who can pull them out. So let's start seeing things from a different perspective. If you're leaving, God bless, right? If you're walking away, and people literally are so friggin' dense, they're going to hear us go, oh, easy for this guy to say, he's not in Oregon, we're dealing with... Guys, if you're not leaving, you have to start seeing it differently. I don't know what else to say. You cannot see it negatively because you will get yourself or somebody else hurt when you show up with a poor attitude. It's not the type of job you can be fucking angry at your boss. Mm -hmm. You cannot. you got to show up ready for the game. I don't care where you are. If you're going to wear a badge, carry a gun, and be out in public, you got to be ready for the game. So... What I'd like to talk to you more about is, and people always ask, are canine questions. Yeah, sure. So, one thing that people tend to believe, some of the myths behind a canine unit, um, are that a dog is always accurate. They're always on. They'll never swing and miss. Oh, I mean, you know, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> I recently just helped out a, a federal agency, uh, and uh, my dog hit on both cars. It was great. It was a search warrant. But they wanted to make you know check for any uh, traps and stuff like that, and bam, one of them in the in the trunk was like 19 bricks and a, and a gun. The other one, there was nothing. And I'm like, no, no, no. The dog was amazing. It was all over the car. I mean, I'm talking sustained, distinct breathing behavior, and just my dog. Um, he sits down, so it's a little different. It's no scratch. Called a passive alert. A passive alert. Not an right. aggressive alert. Right. And and he was sitting down and skipping his butt back. So what does that mean in my mind? I'm like, oh, this is solid. So and you're in the car, and where the fuck is it? Part of my French. I'm sorry. Um, where is it? And the fact is, is there was no drugs in the car, but we opened up a void space, uh, which a, the caravan. It was a caravan. Um, opened it up. And it just reeked of raw marijuana as soon as you opened it up. It was underneath the seats for these, uh, it was like a Dodge Caravan, but um, you have the, the two front seats, and then in the back, you have the, in the middle, you have the two uh, middle seats, and there's these big flaps, and it's a big void. It's like a, you could put clothing, it's designed for kids' stuff, diapers, little stuff. Reeked of raw marijuana in there. But you didn't smell it until you pulled that up. The fact is there was no drugs in there, so don't get discouraged if there's... Um, well, because you have residual odor. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and and dogs are not perfect either. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you hear people say, "Oh, the dog was hitting on the handle of, of the of the car." Well, that's very well possible. The oils they could, on the handle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And who knows? I mean, I remember hearing like Kenny's like, "Oh, you know, when it's just on a rental car." And man, this rental car could have been a couple of days old or something like that. And this is the car that, that was definitely involved in 
hundreds of pounds of uh, weed going through. You Dude, know? me and Jay just went to uh, Oklahoma City. We went to Avis, and they sent us out to this car. Car damage on it. I open the car door. It reeks. Yeah, right? It reeks yeah. of weed. So I go to the girl. By the way, quick uh, quick tip. We learned a, we learned a hack that day. Mm-hmm. I said to the woman at the counter, she was real cool. I said, hey, uh, you got to give me a different car. This one reeks of weed. And she goes, oh, my God, does it? And I said, yeah. And dude, they upgraded me to something real nice. <laughs> right? So, like, want to talk about a life hack? Walk back to the lady at the Avis counter and say, eh, a car smells like weed. They'll probably give you an upgrade. They're not going to downgrade you, right? Yeah. They're not going to take you downgrade. And they'll probably feel embarrassed about it. So we got, we got pushed up to something real nice, real yeah. fancy ride there. Uh, but it reeked of marrow. I mean, it reeked. So, you know, when you understand that rental cars are being used in the commission of criminal offenses, for especially for drug trafficking, I could just see myself getting stopped by Oklahoma Highway Patrol, <laughs> and the car reeks of weed, me trying to explain it, giving away free T-shirts and hats, <laughs> trying to show them and Google my name, who I am, and what we do. Yeah. You know, but I didn't want to go down that road. But just to iterate your point, um, a few things about the dog. One, they're not perfect, um, and, and they do miss. But the courts, namely in Florida v. Harris, U.S. versus Sharp, no, Place, U.S. versus Place, uh, it said, uh, it's where they, that's the first U.S. Supreme Court case that we had where they adopted a canine indication alert for the narcotics was acceptable probable cause because the they said the sniff is up to snuff when it comes to sniffing mm-hmm. cars. That language was later recited again in Florida v. Harris. And Florida v. Harris is a good one because they talked about the reliability of a dog, and it was challenged. And what the court said in Florida v. Harris, and if I'm off by a percentage, I don't think I am, was the dog had to be accurate 25% of the time. So as long as the dog was – because the dog doesn't give false positives. It only gives false negatives. So if the dog uh, was hitting, we knew something was in there. But if it wasn't, we knew it it was because he's just not smelling it. In a controlled setting, the dog could have 25% accuracy and still be considered a reliable dog. And it's funny because I haven't met a canine handler yet that actually knew that. And don't pretend for a second like you know what that was because you're full of shit. I know that that look on your face. Me and Scott have become very good friends. Uh, he's like that friend that like – you ever see the cartoons with the big bulldog walking and the little and the little dog like, yeah, what do we do, Spike? What do you want to do? What are you going to do, Spike? Do you remember those when I was a kid? <laughs> I mean – if you know Scott, that's part of his shtick, uh, is to be that per. Everybody knows Scott in that way, and he thrives and lives and loves on it. Nobody finds it more entertaining uh, for when I break his chops than Tommy Rizzo. I mean, Tommy Rizzo just gets a real rise out of me riding you. And uh, I don't mean that in like the sense where... <laughs> uh, Kivit's a good dude, though. He's, he's on our team. It, it, it's spot-on stuff. Um, you know, another thing with canines, too, I mean, you talk bumper to bumper. You know, there's still... I, I just found out about a, a, a department in Jersey... That is well. You need to have specific where the dog's hitting and all that. Absolutely not. You got to understand the path of least resistance. How a, you know, you could have an odor on the other side of the car. I mean, I, and and the source of the odor is coming from the other side of the car. Right. I mean, there was a, a trap um, in Trenton. I, I think I told you about um, a while back. And I mean, the dog was all over the front seat, but there was a path of least resistance. It was a sealed pistons in the rear seat, and it was just traveling underneath. Yeah. And it was going right up in that carpet. And he was all over. I'm like, I bet a million bucks it's over here. You can't. It's bumper to bumper. You know, there is actually a video out there, and I don't know, I don't know how to Google search that, whatever. But they actually put like a hold on a, a second. Let's bump. let's stop for a second. This is how you know somebody is not only technologically. There we go. Declined. I'm never talking about I'm old. I'm 41 years old. Yeah. Now. All right. Well, we're close in age, but I mean, our behavior is tremendously different. I mean, keywords. What to type in there in a Google search? I had search. to like teach Scott how to use his laptop, like I hate him. like. 
like he was a grandmother learning at a nursing home. Like it was the most ridiculous. How do I do this? You know, one day I'm going to black ski mask you. I'm going to get, I'm going to rent a van. I'm going to get a crowbar. I'm going to get the black ski mask and go for the leg. How do I tell? Do I need to get something with what's this Ram thing? <laughs> how do I? Hi, it's me again. Sorry to bother. Scott Pivot oh, here. How you doing? Uh, yeah, no, Dan, I, I, take a look at this one. I had this guy come over, take a look at it. He set up the PowerPoint thing. I think I'm ready to go. What do you think I should do? Where do I find these videos? How do I download them? <laughs> How do I download videos? You know, I'm not going to dispute Scott, it. Scott, Google it. It was fucking bad. Go on YouTube. Figure it. Call me every 10 minutes. You're worse than my mother. I'm going to go back to the part where, so you go Google and, you could, and there's actually a thing where they put like a smoke bomb in a car and it shows the path of where the smoke yeah. goes through it. And, and, and it, it makes a lot of sense on how odor travels. You know, the wind, the humidity, everything is a factor. The fact is, is there's case law, and the case law is bumper to bumper. Yeah, well, so there's no shortage of, of uh, lack of knowledge of criminal procedure, for sure. There is no lack of it. So when people say, well, it's got to be particularized to this area, okay, show me one case where we have seen a police officer have a canine alert on one area of the car, and they searched beyond that, and it was suppressed. Just one. Anywhere in this country, I'd like to see just one, because you know what? They don't exist. And what happens is, is stupidity gets legs in law enforcement, and then it just runs rampant through everything. Mm -hmm. And the scariest thing is, nobody fact-checks it. Hey, how about read the book, right? How about open it up and try to find... And that's my answer, everybody. My so-and-so says that we can't do this. Well, here's where it says that you can. On top of it, 11 times over in this state, where does it say that you can't? Well, no, he says it exists. She says it exists. Right. Show it to me in writing, and then I'm a, I'm a believer. But until then, this is what the law says. And I promise you, I know for a fact, you're not coming back with something that says anything different. And, and with all humility, right? I mean, if I'm unsure. I'll tell people, look, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure this is this. When I read it, I'll give you my answer. When I do my research, when I do my Zach Miller research, right, the Zach Miller mm-hmm. plan of really vetting out case law, because that dude is a, he's a savage ninja, when I do my Zach Miller research to the best of my ability and I can't find something that, that says anything differently based on the resources that I have, then I will show you my bulletproof solid case of this is what I'm saying, this is why, show me where your stuff is, and nobody has anything to say. Right. And, dude, it goes back to, like, you're explaining this, and this is, this is a common misconception of a canine unit, and it's built on the back of lack of knowledge and people having to front like they know what the F they're talking about. It's crazy. It just never ends. And it bothers me, too. I mean, you could talk about the administration. I don't like to bring him up. Well, who said administration? Admin- who? No, but I'm going to get to a point on this where... Wait, wait, I never said administration. I said guy or No, girl. no, no. But yeah, I'm talking I about administrations where I'm getting to a point now is people like, okay, well, I have this reasonable suspicion, and it's like well-grounded, and and but I don't know where I'm there, and my administration won't let me find a dog, and I'll never find a dog. That's bull crap. That is baloney. There's, I mean, you go on the street cop side. I remember you had a, a whole thing of who would come out there. It was filled with dogs that will come out there. Well, you're saying two different things here. First of all, you're saying your administration is not going to let you, and two is the dog w- won't respond. People make excuses. That's what I'm trying to get at. Well, you got to remember something, dude. You were fortunate enough to work at an agency, and I, I hear a lot of it, that really was working for the benefit of their town, right? This is not, you, you, worked for an, you work for an agency now that understands what good police work is and because they allow you guys to act accordingly and go out and do the work, it benefits the town people tremendously. You guys are genuine protectors, motivated to ensure the people of your town are protected against the evils that are coming in. You, what a great... I would live there just on that premise of having administrative support like that. 
okay? But don't forget, three towns over, who knows? I'm not saying any specific town, but three towns over, they don't have what you guys have. They don't have a chief who gets it. They don't have a captain and a lieutenant who are all on the same page. You guys are, are harmonious when it comes to what you're, what you believe police work is, right? You, you're encouraged and you're you're supported administratively. You're giving re, you're given resources. We were just mm-hmm. talking about before yeah. how good the resources are that you guys have for a small agency. Get your own range, and, and you guys everybody gets goes to training a lot. They've really done a good job. Um, I'm not going to name any towns, but in the same county, there's no doubt police departments that um, are not seeing things the same way. So it's we're, we're police officers doing police work. And sometimes you have these people who have, who have floated to the top that literally have no concept of what police work is. And they're going to put roadblocks in. Why? Because every two weeks, no matter what, you get direct deposit, right? You're going to get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to get fired here, right? Like, yeah. Because not doing something or inaction is not something that can be measured for law enforcement as long as somebody's answering the service calls. Uh, but, again, you know, uh, some people don't care that they're getting paid the same every two weeks. They're going to show up and do the job to the best of their ability. And some places uh, are dictated by administrations. And, and that administration might be the subject to the town council or the mayor of that right. town that they don't want them doing police work. And when you start calling for a dog, for somebody who has no idea or no concept of what stopping crime looks like, you're putting them in a panic. They're not willing to listen, right? And, and by the way, I want to have this conversation with people. I want you to be open-minded to it and hear it. My hat's off to anybody saying, you know what? He's right. We should have a more thoughtful process. Will you teach me more about why we should do this stuff? Yeah. And then you got the other portion of it that's, we don't care what that guy says. We don't care. We don't care what that guy says. So just keep that in mind. I'm I'm empathetic because I hear the stories, right? And uh, I was never somebody who was denied uh, access to a canine. I didn't have to sit there and play games and explain myself. I had the credentials. Right, we did the work. Hey, twenty-one at headquarters. Got a got a canine available. Yeah, stand by. We're, we'll be looking for one now. Right, yeah. we didn't have a dog in town. They do now. Uh, and then we, yeah, hey, ten minutes. We just got in touch with the sheriff's office. They're they're in route. And I, and I, what I was getting at is that little bit of the administrative hurdle. And and, and I feel bad because I I come I'm, I'm spoiled. I am absolutely spoiled. Um, but at the same time, there's available resources. You're spoiled and and not tall. I hate you. I wish I had nice hair too, but that doesn't happen either. So well, yeah, genetics. Uh-huh. You really got short change, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I get, every time I come here, I get hit with so many rights. I beg for a left. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you remember? You know, I know a lot of out, outside uh, the state people or followers. I mean, huge following outside the state, but in the state, do you remember when we didn't have state VWIT? You know, do you remember when we used to get consent? It didn't stop us getting the drug arrest. Yeah, no, no, didn't. You know, it stopped a lot of people because they. Because you had to be, you had to be, uh, you had to get consent. You right? had to have a little bit of a people person skills without threatening or coercing or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it is. You know, we're good, dude. But listen, it's possible. It's a way to do it. You know how yeah. thankful I am that we didn't have the the automobile exception to the written warrant requirement. As crazy as it sounds, for the whole career that I was on the road in New Jersey, uh, because dude, now I really feel like I'm an expert on getting consent. People ask, hey, how do I get consent? Man, let me show you. 28 videos on what it looks like to talk to people and get a lawful legal consent. And if they were if and their butts about it, uh, making sure I'm covering my grounds legally. And also, by the way, knowing how to write a search warrant, right? Still not afraid to call for a dog. And fortunately enough, Wit returned after 14 years of us not having the automobile exception. 
and life has gotten easier for a lot of people. It's a much, you know, people are doing the work, and it has to do with us getting out there and saying, you know, the work can be done. Stop pretending like it can't be done, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I, you know, listen, we've been going for uh, about 25 minutes. I don't know how much longer you want to stay here with me. I actually don't want you around any longer. Uh, you probably, I probably don't, and I, I, I'm fine leaving, but I just, guys, stay motivated. Don't get wrapped up in the politics. Don't get wrapped up in, you know, why did you join this job? What did you want to do? You know, everybody has their own thing. You know, the, you know, I always say it takes five years for somebody to really understand where the direction of their job is going to be. It might be people measuring accidents. That's not my thing. You know what I mean? My thing was the proactive, the interdiction, the criminal interdiction. And I come in every day saying, I'm making a grab today, or today's the day I'm going to get the big grab. And the fact is, is I love doing it every day. Have that. And have, doing it professionally, right? Do, yeah. Legally, professionally. And uh, to quote Tommy Rizzo, the great Thomas, Captain Thomas Rizzo, and I'll do his voice so we can hear this later on. Because <laughs> I, I never understood, I never understood a go- uh, a cop who doesn't want to put handcuffs on somebody. He's like, I don't, I don't understand a cop that doesn't want to put bad people in jail. I just never understood it. I just never understood it. Go figure, right? That's my Tom Rizzo impression. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I, it, it, what a great line. I've never understood a cop that didn't want to put bad people in jail. Right, right. Like this is not a, a conversation of we we are tasked with the duty of s- sifting through society to identify those who are preying on victims. And, and, and guys, it's more than just your seventeen-year-old son smoking a doobie driving down the road. We're talking about people who are out there committing egregious crimes against society, and our efforts to stop that from occurring. Right, our efforts to stop the next mass shooting from occurring our efforts to stop as much as we can before it happens to you and your family. And that and that's what it's all about for us. And that's the big reward. Right? That's the big reward. Proactive work is commonly the first line of defense, man. And that's it. No, for I'm, sure, dude. That's it. So yeah, we we, ca- we catch them before they do it, right? And that's the name of the game. And unfortunately, some people have lost sight of that. And again, we are very empathetic to the idea that you may be in a position that is preventing you from doing that kind of work. What I can tell you is if what you were doing in law enforcement now is not matching what you saw your career being, don't forget, you are in control. You're in control of the dynamic of what happens in your life. Don't think, and I, I can smell it a mile away, well, I would leave, but, and followed by these ones. Here's, here's the top five. Let's go to the top five. But I can't afford to. That's the first one. I would leave, but I'm like number two on the squad in seniority. I would leave, but I just got weekends. I would leave, but... I don't want to, I'm at step five, and I don't want to go back to, like, a step one. I would leave, but, want to throw one in there? What do you got? I would leave, but, anything? I would leave, but, oh, here's a good one. I would leave, but, like, our chief is terrible now, but, like, in four years, there's these two guys that could become the chief. One's a real AH, and one's a really good dude. So we're all hoping the really good dude gets promoted. So you got four years invested into the next four years of your life, praying that one of two is going to be your next year. No, Chief's going to have to leave. He's going to age out. This guy coming up, if we get him, man, we'll be rock solid. And what happens if it's the other guy? Right. Right? Like, so... They're excuses. Dennis. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's human behavior. And I'm somebody sitting here saying, I have the right to say that because I went to three police academies. And I'm not tooting my own, my own horn. I, those are my decisions that I made. I went to a... I got onto a job. The job's very hard to get on in Jersey. I got into corrections. I knew in four seconds I was getting out of corrections. I ended up being there for two and a half years. Um, 
took a job at a federal police agency to get out of corrections, went through a second academy, mm-hmm. right? Did a full academy for that. It was, okay, it was physically and mentally, it was a demanding academy. There was no real drill instruction, but it was a tough academy. It wasn't just a cakewalk for that academy. We The whole nine. Uh, then I realized where I was at wasn't going to be feasible for what I envisioned my career being, uh, especially because our cars didn't turn on, <laughs> right? Like, literally, they were broke. There was no money. There was, like, loss. It was crazy. I'm like, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm out. It's 2004. I'm like, I'm out. Uh, then I got on the job where I, where I uh, had since retired from, mm-hmm. and I had to go back to a third academy. So in four and a half years, these come with a professional recruit. In four and a half and by the way, the third academy was the worst one, and I'll tell you, it was Somerset County. Court TV did an episode on it. You see that Court it's TV? It's tough. It's tough. Did you? Where'd you go? I went to Ocean. Oh yeah, I, I know. I had pride. I had pride for Ocean. I have a lot of pride for Ocean. You know, Ocean. Ocean was difficult too, right? It's not as good as Mercerdale. Sorry, guys, for the Ocean. Oh guys. yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, listen. I'm not going to start that. But Somerset was inherently. It was like uh, the Hanoi Hilton of police academies, right? You know what that is? The Hanoi Hilton, where all the Vietnam vets would be afraid if they were POW. Yep. That was the Hanoi Hilton of police academies in New Jersey. Maybe outside of the state police. State police are very. Didn't they have a guy struck by lightning in Somerset or something? <laughs> you do. <laughs> That's hardcore PT yeah, we used right to ca- we used to, Yeah, we used to carry a lightning meter around. <laughs> yeah, so it, it measured the static electricity in the air because they got sued for a million bucks. Oh, my God. Because they made them go out in a thunderstorm and, and, and hang, and hang the flag. lightning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were nuts, dude. Um, and that was an inherently difficult academy. It was a tough academy. And, and I'll say this, uh, unnecessarily tough. It was There should be more emphasis and energy put into things more than parade. So... Um, but in four and a half years, I'd done three academies, right? You got people who are like, oh, I did one. I'm not doing another one. Like, yeah, okay, listen, you have to live with your decision. You can't, you got two choices. People ask me this in class, hey, my agency sucks. What should I do? You got two choices. One, you can leave and go find a place where you think you'd be a better fit. And two, I'm sorry, or two, you could shut up, stay, and conform. Mm-hmm. And you don't have, and you got to stop complaining because that was your decision. You decide to stay. So you got to conform. If you are, and you know, in class we'll often say like, "Hey, how many people have left their police departments for a uh, and took a pay hit, but it was worth it?" You know, we get like ten percent of the class. Like, I'm like, "How much was it worth?" Like, "Oh my god, it was so worth it!" Like, I don't even care about the extra fourth. If your mm-hmm. va- that variable of your happiness is based on four thousand bucks a year, you're an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you could you could e-commerce t-shirts on <laughs> eBay. Right and make four thousand bucks a year. I mean, you just figure it out, right? I'm just always willing, always ready to figure it out. Uh, you know, you're well. The grass is always greener, bro. Nobody said it was, but I'm saying you don't know what the grass even looks like because you're stuck in the mud the whole time. So just some food for thought. Pick yourself. Choose yourself. Yeah, things you're gonna lose weekends off. I'm sorry. You're gonna go down to step one, step two. What what? Do you, but happiness is a variable that you have to carry with yourself for 25, yeah. 30 years in these careers. Yeah. You'll be miserable for the next 23 years. You know, I, I tell new people when I know they're at an agency that's... that's then we get the, the administrators. I had a guy literally tell me this one time. This is a true story. And I'm not going to say where or who. He goes, uh, yeah, you know what? I was watching the back of your class. And I don't think it's right that you're telling people that they should leave their police department to go somewhere else. I said, well, why do you think that? He goes, because I had a problem retaining people at my place because they went other places. I go, I'm going to tell you about a guy I know in Jersey who has an agency where uh, there's some of the lowest paid, maybe the lowest paid in a county here. Mm-hmm. Nobody will leave. You want to know why? And this guy was not a happy camper. And I go, because he's a good dude. And he treats them well. He takes care of them. And he gets them equipment. 
even though he can't pay them a salary con- contractually that's as good as three towns down, which is probably 40000 more a year. Right. Those guys and girls are not leaving because he's so good to them. They'd be fearful of anybody who is any less good to them than he is. And he's a friend of mine. He's been a supporter of this company for a long time. He's a chief. And this guy says, well, I said, the answer is you're doing something wrong. People aren't leaving you because of money. That is just the bottom line, unless it's a dramatic gap, right? right? If you're talking about 50 to 150 a year, maybe it's worth it to go be miserable, Mm -hmm. right? How miserable could it be for $100,000 more a year? But from 90 to 120, um, 93 to 120 with the available opportunities for overtime and off-duty work, nobody is... Why are people leaving you when you make 30000 more a year than they do? Mm. Why are people walking out of your place and he's not losing anybody? Like, why, why you... So stop blaming everybody else because what I'm trying to do is prevent somebody from suck-starting their pistol, mm. putting a bullet in their brain because their administration doesn't give a shit. Uh, and and wake-up call, right? Shame on anybody who could have prevented or contributed to the behavior of a police officer committing suicide and then shows up to their services like, oh, so bad. Steve was such a great guy. Mm. Like, you know what? Where were you three months ago when he was when you were treating him like shit? What do you think contributed to this? So let's humanize. I get on these these rips, rips and tears. But look, you want to improve the culture of law enforcement? Let's humanize what we're doing as, as, as administrators. Humanize it, right? Be there for people. Recognize the signs. It doesn't mean you got to start sending them off to the psych. Try to find your people help. You'll get more respect that way. I don't know how he's going to this leadership thing. And I, I actually know why, because at the core of our issues is leadership. It's the core. And, it, and, and my hat's off to all good leaderships out there, all great leaderships. We know who you are. It is no surprise in the state of New Jersey and everywhere I go to hear who the great ones are and who the bad ones are. You make asses of yourselves on TV when you're an ass of a, of a leader, right? You mm-hmm. see these guys come out. Facts. Uh, well, give me one ass of a, of a human being. The Houston chief. Mm. He's an ass of a human being, right? I, I don't care. I, I don't have to go to Houston and teach. They just lost another cop yesterday. Got, take a moment of silence for that. They lost another one yesterday. They lose more cops. It's unbelievable. What does that tell you about the... We'll do the moment of silence for five seconds. But then this guy takes an opportunity after cops are killed to start pushing his agenda about gun control. What are you doing, dude? And I don't hmm. pander to it, right? Like, I'm not worried about Houston not sending seven guys next time I'm in the Houston area. I don't care. You know why? Because the chief right outside of Houston agrees with everything I have to say. Maybe the Houston Sheriff's Office thinks what I'm saying is perfect. And it reflects poorly on the guy because the guy's not a lead. You don't say things like that after somebody's murdered. Uh, we need gun control. See my point? Guys, would you stop? How about we're sorry, these people should... How about that That guy? Uh, well, I'm going to get into it. Too close to home. But to be taking opportunities to not back your people and condemn crime, condemn the, aminal, the animals that are... I said animals. Mm-hmm. The animals that are committing atrocity against police officers and other human beings and to start pushing your agenda... You're making an ass of yourself on, on national television. A complete ass, right? We'll never, we don't want nothing to do with you. You're not part of the salute. You're part of the problem. You can flip. You can change. But until then, well, this company wants something to do with you. We don't give a shit. I don't, you're not help. Like, we, we don't pander to that. I don't, I don't kiss buns, right? Mm. And you're always like, oh, eh, like you do a good I job. I know, I know, yeah. You know, no, but, and I don't try to ruffle feathers, uh, but I will call it like it is. And uh, if you are part of the problem, we're going to address it. Because you all want to get fixed, right? Everybody's ready to hop on the internet and say that they're going to help fix this problem. Knee-jerk reactions never fix anything. We saw that today. Minneapolis, it comes out. They're trying to contract outside police officers to come in and help their city. That's what you get. 
and I'm not going to say again, again, not liberals, not Democrats. None, I'm not even coining that. Idiots. Idiots are in charge. Bill de Blasio is an idiot in charge. I don't got to worry about that. NYPD wants him tossed off the bridge. NYPD administration wants him tossed off a bridge. Bill de Blasio is a horrible leader. He has no skills. He built a platform on, on nothing except convincing stupid people to vote for him. He has, he's done nothing. He sells thing. a dead horse and says it's going to win a Kentucky Derby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same thing all over. these, And this is what you get. New York City, dude, is so, and I hate that this is not what these podcasts are for. It is so weird right now, dude. I went there two months ago for my cousin's wedding. He got married at St. Pat's. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to tell you, dude, if you can't feel how different it is there now, it's nuts. You can tell it's getting back to like the 70s and the 80s of like that potential for violence at any moment rather than being relaxed and be able to, to stroll. I'm telling you, because you know it. We've been going there for our whole lives. We live 30 minutes south of Manhattan, right? It's just a strange place now. It's very, Same. very over. And that's what you get. Minneapolis, the place looked like a rack, right? Is that what solved the issue, right? Defunding the police. How about funding the police, right? Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? You want to defund them. What you just wait, hundred fifty million out of LA County, right? They took LA hundred fifty million. Just wait till the first person starts fucking opening a open up fire in a uh, in a high school, and there's nobody to respond to it mm-hmm. because you defunded one hundred fifty million police positions. You just wait, wait. Opinions are going to be vicious cycles over there, man. It's, it's, it's... Dude, they're the they're they're, and when you have idiots making decisions, this is what you get. You got idiots, and you got chiefs who are spineless because they want to get their paycheck. They're afraid to open their mouths. Mm. No, they're spineless. I don't care, dude. I don't care. I know you're looking at me like I'm. I'm not talking about no, New Jersey. No, it's, it's pre- you're, you're, there's principles. You're actually going. I'm by not it. saying. I'm not saying chiefs here. I'm not picking anybody in particular. I'm saying these major city police administrations. It's you're embarrassing. You're an embarrassment. They they're embarrassment. But I don't care because they're not our clients, right? And if they were. You know, I, I say it in class. Like, guys, if you're not if you're not with it, why are you here? Why are you, if you're not with what we're saying to do? What's the street cop premise? What is our goal as street cop? To make sure police go home safely, back to their family, to make sure we're protecting the interests of the public, and to ensure we're doing things legally and putting bad people in jail. I mean, what more could you ask for at a, at a company to help cops not die and put bad people in jail? I mean, really, that's our company slogan should be. We really help cops not die and put bad people who are trying to do bad things to your loved ones in jail, right? Nobody's con- nobody's condone. We're telling people like, let's focus more on what's important, not like you know, silly police actions. I think it's a good idea that there's a lot of community this and that. That's great, but there are those of us who get sent out as the knights. You know, we are we are the knights to go out and 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 do the work, man. We're we're that we're that freelancer, right? That that goes out and and puts the work in and it, and is interdicting, intercepting, and stopping crime before it happens to you. And I think ninety nine percent of the world is behind a movement like that. How can I you agree. not be? I you agree. Know? Where are the cops going to be when you? What happens in L A County when your your kids kidnapped from a park and they're calling out APBs and you're down one third? Just happened in Oklahoma City, right? The guy killed his two kids, took the other two in the car. Oklahoma High Patrol has a guy, picks them off about 10 minutes later, brings those. The kids would have been murdered because they had the resource. Because that guy was in the right place at the right time, but it had the resources. They were able to save those kids. Yeah. And just the stupidity behind defund, take, make less personnel. And they're paying for it, dude. They have, Minneapolis is out of control. And they're paying for it. And unfortunately, 
There are good people in the city of Minneapolis who will suffer the consequences because they're stuck. They can't leave. Older folks, right? Same thing in New York. Mm -hmm. you got these people who've been lived there. They own their house. Where are they going to go? 83. Going to be victims. This kind of action and this kind of movement will, will, will far outweigh the consequences of funding the police. Yeah, but also you look at it, different cities. You know, like I, I talk about like uh, Trenton because I'm close to a lot of guys from Trenton and Mercer great, County. Great group of, group of so guys and girls. They are two, I think, away from the county rec- or just the, the record of homicides. But they're, they just had an 8-year-old and a 16-year-old. They did amazing. The prosecutor's office, Trenton guys, they did amazing work and locked those people up. They had no leads. And they locked them up. Yeah. They did a, they're guys, they're street crimes, uh, they're crime suppression, working with state police and uh, SIU, and they're doing amazing work. Dude, it's not the I was just telling now. you, like, they, Trenton, like, getting ketamine and all this shit, like, it's not your standard drug. You know, they're out there. Shit's out there and they're doing good work. But I also look at it as it's different places. You know, Trenton's doing good. Minneapolis is not. Yeah, you know? dude, by the way, like, Let's be very clear. The men and women of the Philadelphia Police Department, the Minneapolis Police Department, the New York City Police Department, the Baltimore Police Department, the Washington, D.C. Police Department, the Atlanta Police Department. I have traveled a lot. I've been around the country quite a bit doing what I do. They are hands down the best. Mm-hmm. Those people that of the rank and file, they're the best. They just don't get better than those guys and girls. That's, they're, they're phenomenal. Um, and they are, they are stuck under the consequences and demise of upper echelon and political influence. That's why I argue all the time. Guys, why would you take a job at one of these PDs when you know if you got to pull the trigger, you're going to be crucified? Hmm. Justified or not, you're going to be crucified. It doesn't matter. Morale, too. Morale. I mean, like, you know, a dog is trained to love you, right? But there's so many times you get kicked, a dog gets kicked in the stomach too. They act differently and don't want to come back, right? Yeah. And I get it, and and I'm I'm blessed where I'm at, and we just talked about that, but I feel bad. Because they are some of the best police officers in oh, these yeah. cities. Yeah, they're, dude, they're great. They're great guys and girls. So they'll get misconstrued in what I'm saying. There is a lo- still a lot of great work being done. And my hat's off to those who still show up and do the job. Uh, you know, I uh, unfortunately, I don't know, man. I, I would be gone. I, I'll have to be honest with you. I'm not afraid of changing things. Mm. Everybody knows I'm not afraid of much. Right. I'm not going to say what I'm afraid of, but there'll be a video <laughs> coming out recently where I was pranked. <laughs> You'll see what I'm really afraid of. What else you got to contribute today, Scott? Can I make fun of you one more time? Sure. What's a good one to make fun of you on? Oh, God. Well, just think about... like my wh- hair, my my height. Um, uh, I haven't got close enough to smell you. I don't know if you smell. No, I smell pretty good. That's weird, though. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe listen. We finish off on that, uh, that note. Yeah, maybe what I'll do is uh, I'll, I'll add to this podcast later on when I can find some <laughs> more stuff to dig up on Scott. I'm at a loss, which is shocking at the moment. <laughs> Uh, but listen, uh, real good having you here. Glad you're part of the Street Cop thing. I always appreciate the continued support. Biggest supporter, yeah. biggest believer, man. Wasn't always. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't always, were you? No, actually. Yeah, I know you weren't. You admitted to me that you weren't. I didn't set you up. You told me that. I wasn't always a supporter. Who the fuck is this guy? Hey. Yeah. Hey, listen, happens all the time, right? And uh, I'm okay with that because my whole life has been that way. I remember when I started my last police department, guy comes with me and says, uh, I had like not, uh, I said, maybe I had a couple months on, and somebody goes, Yeah, they're talking about you here a lot. And I went, Yeah, it happens everywhere I go. Well, we have those conversations like, Nah, nah, don't, don't even waste your time. I'm like, No, I'm telling you right now because you don't get it. This is, uh, at one point, it's more personal to me because I was that guy. I said, Who the fuck is this guy? Part of my French, you know, we're a podcast, whatever. No, I don't care. But you, 
can convince this department. You got to convince this department. You got to convince the department because it's the principle. It's I don't sell the unsellable. Uh, the products I dis- there. I totally disagree with you. You but can whatever. all you want, but uh, keep okay. going. Keep going and begging those guys for uh, for their business. Hmm. See what? See who we're begging. This is the, one of the biggest business principles in the world. Is you don't try to sell the unsellable. I don't waste time. We're not here to cater to the fifty percent of people. I wouldn't even say fifty to the ten percent of people that don't like what we're doing. We're here to cater to the ninety percent of people who have completely signed on. But back to the story before. I would tell people, in nine months, everybody's going to love me, and they're going to make me their brother-in-law, or they're going to they're gonna make me the godfather of the child. And, and it's the truth, dude. Now, maybe somebody from my ex-worker would say, well, full, full of shit. I, write. I, get, I got along with everybody. I was very close with everybody. There wasn't a guy in the agency besides the two hand jobs that every agency has, right? Mm-hmm. Every agency's got two. That's like a prerequisite for a police department. You should walk to the police department and go, hey, this is... So and so, this is so and so. This is so and so. He's one of our hand jobs. Uh, this is so and so. He's a good dude. This guy take care of you. This guy, oh uh, yeah, no, he's a hand job too. That's our two. So watch out for these two. No, no, they were they were picked on in high school. Somebody gave him chevrons, right? Like somebody decided to promote these idiots uh, and make them even bigger bullies now to our police officers. No, no. Oh, this one used to get his dick flicked in the in the in the. I remember him from high school. Don't worry. No, no. He used to get his dick flicked in the. Uh, in the locker room, they used to steal his lunch money. They'd punch him in the mouth. No, he wouldn't say he would cry to his mother. Like, we picked on him for years. No, no, he's a police sergeant now. Yeah, no, no. Now it's good. Now he's doing that to everybody else here because he has he he doesn't want to pay the fifteen dollar copay to go see a therapist that he needs <laughs> tremendously, right? <laughs> so um, you know, outside of that, we really are trying to bring this culture together. And I say those things with the intention of maybe one of those hand jobs. Understanding how they're behaving. And people say that to me. You know what? I'm the hand job. I go, yeah, well, just recognize it and stop. You don't have to be a fucking hand job every day you go to work. What is, what are you so insecure about? Anybody, what are you so insecure about that you can't behave politely and comfortably and with kindness to another human being in a decent manner? And nonetheless, your coworker, the person who, when you scream for help on the radio, is the guy or girl coming, regardless of how you behave towards them. You know, what are we doing here? Guy messaged me before. I got. I'm sure he answered me back. Five years on a job, became a sergeant. Got on. Got got promoted quick. Civil service, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he took the test, did well. He said, "What can I do for my guys? What's the best thing I can do for them? I have this book. I have that book." What else? And I said, well, what do you mean? And that, I, that's what I'm waiting for. Like, what do you want to do for them? What are you trying to get at? Do you want leadership? Do you want advice? Um, and, and some of the best brings me to that line of Mother Teresa. If you want to do anything great for the world, go home and love your family. You ever hear that? Yep. If you really put thought into that, it really makes sense because you're developing great kids, which are going to contribute to the world. Um, you know, if you, if you want to be a great boss, love your, love your officers, right? Lo- like, love them like they're your own children. Yep. Lo- and you should. You should be, it is not just the job. I know you get a paycheck every two weeks, doesn't matter, but it's not just the job. And the sooner you get that through your head, the better off you're going to be. In closing, what else do you got, Scoot? Nothing. I'm just, I'm a believer. I'm a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and by the way, you're not the only one, dude. Eight years ago, people were throwing tomatoes and bananas and, and car tires and tire irons my way. I'm dodging them left and right. No, I got things to say. I'm telling you, it's going to be, uh, and little by little, it all just, People start to understand. I have people in class. You know, dude, I didn't like you, and I came here. And you know what? You really give a shit. Like, it, you really, really care. And I'm like, yeah, I'm aware. You ingested 22 seconds of my my content and thought I was some blowhard lunatic, and I'm not. I'm really trying to fix things. I really don't want cops to get killed. Right? I really don't want cops to kill themselves. I really want bad guys to go to jail. I really want administrations to start treating their people correctly. I really want them to stand up and stand up for their guys and girls, right? 
And, and eventually, it just the tide begins to turn, and we're seeing it here in New Jersey, uh, understanding and adopting the principles of which we are advocating, which which are paramount and important. And somebody had to say it. And you know what? People are afraid to say it because look what happens to a guy like me. You get a lot of mud slung your way. Yeah, you know. But here's another thing. You know, you think about everybody has these big drug arrests or in their cars. What do they have? They have that logo of the street cop sticker. Yeah. And why is that? It's because you're part of something special, man. You're yeah. part of a proactive group of we're not, not, not the egocentric. We're better than everybody. No. It's the people fact that like we're in this something common. We love the job. We want to make work done. We want to put handcuffs on. We want to lock up people before they get to that. Yeah. Doing something in your family. Quoted, That's, yeah. We have something in common. Some people might have nicer hair. Some people might be taller. But the fact is that we all have uh, a ton Some people we... have landscaping around their pool. I fucking hate you. Oh, wait, wait. Hold on. So quoting Seth Godin, uh, who is my favorite author by far, people like us do things like this. It's a building a tribe. People like mm-hmm. us do things like this. And we're not trying to ostracize because you know what? The door's always open here. Everybody can decide to come and join this team anytime they want. This is not a closed-knit group. Uh, or, I'm sorry, closed group. It is a close-knit group, but the door is always open for anybody who says, you know what, this is how I saw my career. I believe in what this person is saying or what this group of instructors are saying, 15 mm-hmm. of the most qualified people at this current junction. We would have had probably 40 if COVID didn't hit. Um, 15 of what I consider to be some of the most genuinely heartfelt, um, knowledgeable, and driven law enforcement officers in the country thus far that proudly wear this logo on their chest and show up and say, I'm an instructor. And, and you were a good addition to that. Yeah. You know, I don't like you very much, but I had to say to myself, well, he's a good piece. <laughs> right? So, all right, all right, without further ado, that's it. We're going to call it uh, call quits for today. I got a ton of things to do. It's 3 o'clock Eastern time. This was uh, shot November 10th, 2020. Street Cop Training Podcast. Thank you very much, Scott. Anything else, Anything before you have to go? Be safe out there, guys and gals. Be safe. We'll see you guys next time. See you. Right.